Arrakis teaches the attitude of the knife, chopping off what is incomplete and saying, Now, it's complete, because it has ended here. From Collected Sayings of Muhadib by the Princess Irulan. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we are going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. Yes. Yes, we are. Okay, Evan, I just want to talk real quick about this quote. Mm-hmm. You and I are creative people, kind yes. of by nature. Um, and how we can kind of be perfectionists about things. Yeah. You know, and you're constantly, you know, working on something and working on something and working on something. And sometimes you just need to like stop and just say it's done. It's over. Yes. It's over. I feel like this is what this quote is saying. Yeah. Except in some ways it's like cutting off your hand and then I was saying you are complete. Yeah, I got to say, I uh, read this quote and I went, hmm. And then I uh, didn't get anything from it. <laughs> and then you kept reading. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I did not uh, look into it. But there's, I don't know. It seems it seems like good juice. It seems like there's some good juice in there. But I don't know what that juice is. So. I think it's just the harsh realities of Arrakis. Right. Just the planet itself is unforgiving. And right. um, you cannot accept the things you've, we must accept the things you've lost. You cannot continue to think about the things you right. can't have. You have to think about the things you do have. Maybe it's like on Arrakis, we don't have time to wait for things that should be complete and are not. And so the best thing to do is to just shut it down. Just keep going. Yeah, shut it down. Keep moving. Don't stop. Don't stop. So we are, uh, we're in the middle here of the attack on Arakeen. Right, right, right. Do you, uh, do you want to do us a little rundown of what's happened so far? Since the Duke saw Yui undo the shields? Yes. Um, hmm. So, uh, the the Duke saw Yui with the, the thing with the shields, and he got all paralyzed with the sedative, and he got the tooth, right? The, mm-hmm. the tooth is important, because Yui keeps saying the tooth. The tooth. And uh, then we cut to Jessica. She uh, wakes up, she's gagged, and she has this whole badass moment where she uh, is a prisoner but holds all the power and is consistently awesome. And she um, gets taken into a thopter with Paul and bad guys fly the thopter away. And Paul is doing his best with his training to like get the upper hand in the situation. And at some point he says, I forgot what he said. He said something along the way. He got the guys to take the gag out of Jessica's mouth so she could use the voice. And then as a prisoner, she used her B'nai Gesserit witchcraft awesomeness to seduce slash manipulate her 
captors and potential rapists and like totally kicks ass and takes over the situation and they get out of the thopter. And the last thing they said, Jessica said, uh, Paul run. It's the Harkonnens. Bum, 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 bum. Was that a good, was that a good, uh, no, that, that was great. Um, so in the thopter with Jessica and Paul, uh, there was like some stuff like they had noticed yeah. some signals. There was a bag who left the bag. Yui. We assumed it was Yui, right? Yeah, Yui's mark was there. Yes. So and we know that you yeah, we know that Yui's Yui set them up for success. And we know that uh right, and it was um Yui's plan to take them out to the desert and Yui had set up the thopter. So Yui had this whole thing organized. So in this chapter we are now going to learn what he does. What happened to Yui? So this chapter starts, um, we'll just start here. Do it. A man in Harkonnen uniform skidded to a stop at the end of the hall, stared at Yui, taking a single glance at Mapes' body. So we're back in that, that scene where he was, where he just paralyzed the Duke. And he sees the sprawled form of the Duke and Yui standing there. The man had a, held a laser gun in his right hand. There was a casual air of brutality about him, a sense of toughness and poise that sent a shiver through Yui. Sardaukar. So this is our first glance at a Sardaukar warrior, soldier. And this one, as Yui says, is a Bashar by the looks of him. So he's just really high ranking. Is that what that means? Yeah. It okay. would be like it's a, like a generalist. There's only a, like there's probably one Bashar for every legion. Oh. And in Dune, a legion is like 300,000, no, 30,000 men. Dang. So he's like the head guy. Yeah. He's the emperor's man. That. I didn't know how to read that at first. I read a basher, which seemed to make uh, sense also in my brain because uh, <laughs> they do bashing. They, they're ba- <laughs> they are, they're <laughs> bashing men. They're they, bashing things in when things go wrong. <laughs> I know. I, I, th- I It could be bashing. Ba- ba- basher. I think it's Bashar. Bashar sounds more uh, Dooney. Dooney. All right. So the Sardaukar Bashar says, you're Yui. He looks speculatively at the Sukh school ring on the doctor's hair, stared at the diamond tattoo, and then his eyes met Yui. And Yui says, yes, this, this is me. I right. am the traitor. Such Here a grudgy look. You know when like somebody looks at, maybe this only happens to me, but somebody will like, <laughs> they'll like look at you and then like do this. Like look you up and down. Yeah, just look look at your whole person, and you're like, wow, lots of judgment and <laughs> such a small action. That's what just happened to Yui. Yes, you're, Yui definitely got looked up and down. Oh, yep, tattoo. Yep, yeah, okay. Oh, you're the traitor. Definitely don't trust this guy. <laughs> Not with anything. The Sardaukar then says, "You can relax." When you drop the house shield, when you when you drop the house shields, we came in. Everything's under control now. Is this the Duke? Right. So as soon as the ship, as soon as Yui hit the button, ooh, shields went down, and uh, legions upon legions of people ascended on the planet. Yes. 
It was over before it started. Right, right, right. right. <sighs> yeah, poor Duke. And uh, as as we can see, the Sardaukar points down to the Duke. Is this him? And Yui says, he's merely unconscious. I suggest you uh, tie him up like he's suggesting how he should do his job. Yeah. Always fun to do to a uh, soldier. So Yeah, right. And the soldier's like, oh, this is the great Red Duke. And so the Red Duke is what the emperor would call Duke Leo Atreides over a battle. Um, it was a battle where the Duke did something awesome and got named the Red Duke. Mm. And uh, here's what you see is that Yui says, ah, I had, or he thinks I had doubts about who this man is, but only, only the emperor calls you Atreides the Red Duke. Yeah, yeah. The Sardaukar reached down and cut the hawk insignia from Leto's uniform. A little souvenir. Oh my he said, where's the Dougal signet ring? He doesn't have it on him, Yui said. I can see that. The Sardaukar <laughs> snapped. Yui stiffened, swallowed. He thinks, if they press me and bring in a truthsayer, they'll find out about the ring, about the thopter I prepared. All will fail. I don't think, I mean, do you really think a true sale would be brought into the situation? Like if Yui, no, Yui's going to die. No, we know, we know what was going to happen. The whole situation is too sketchy to like deal with truth sayers and stuff. Clearly everybody's going to die in this. (laughs) So then Yui makes him, makes him an excuse. Sometimes the Duke sends a ring with a messenger to make sure that the order came directly from him. And the Sardaukar is like, damn, must be a trusted messenger. Like, <laughs> the Emperor's never done that to me. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and the Yui Mr. X again, aren't you going to tie him up? How long will he be unconscious? The Sardaukar asks. Two hours or so. I wasn't so precise with his dosage as I was for the woman and the boy. The Sardaukar spurns the Duke with his toe, so he, like, kicks him. This was nothing to fear, even when awake. When will the woman and the boy awaken? About ten minutes, Yui says. So soon? I was told the Baron would arrive immediately behind his men. So he will. You wait outside, Yui. And he shot a hard glance at Yui. Now! Now! This guy is tough. He does not care at all. No, he's... Yeah. He's he's ready to do his job, right? which is he's got to deliver the Duke to the Baron and eventually probably to the Emperor. Like, that's his main thing he cares about. Right. But I love how the Sardaukar does that. There's, the Duke has nothing to fear, even when awake. Like, it's it's nice when you can make fun of people, especially, like, when they're uh, they're down. Like, they literally can't do anything. Oh, but I'm so tough. <laughs> I would have beat him anyway. Yeah. So now we're just waiting for the Baron to arrive. So we know that the point from when Jessica and Paul were drugged to the time they woke up was only like 10 minutes. But we have no idea how long the Duke's going to be out, which I think is all part of Yui's plan. Mm. So again, this article looks Yui up and down, looks at the diamond tattoo. You're known. You'll be safe enough in the halls. We have no more time for chit-chat, traitor. I hear others coming. 
There it is. There it is. Traitor. Yui will always be known as the traitor. Right. A million deaths are not enough for Yui. Uh, all right. So the ring, the signet ring, um, where is it? It wasn't on the Duke's hand. Do you remember where it was? Uh, Yui, Yui has it. Yeah, it's in Yui's pocket. Yeah. So Yui has one more thing he has to do. He's mm-hmm. got to get the signet ring to the thopter they've prepared before he sees the Baron. Right. This is where we're doing kind of a, a lost time jump situation. We got to remember where we are in the timeline. The Thopter with Paul and Jessica has not left yet. Right. They're, yeah, they're just drugged at this yeah. point. They're still laying on the floor, which we would assume, I would assume that Yui drugged Jessica himself. Right. Well, um, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't send anybody else to do that. I guess. Would, would we have any way of knowing that? Hmm. Yeah, they don't say in the book. Because doesn't he give them like sleeping pills? Well, he gives, gives Paul sleeping pills and he finally takes them. Okay. So like he will get, so he, he would have done, he would have went to Paul and like, here's your nighttime snack of pills, right? right? Paul takes him, he's out, goes to Jessica's room, does the chloroform thing, like takes her from behind and... Dang. Right? And then put, puts, puts the thing over her mouth, drugs her, takes her down. And then... Walks to the shield generators, kills Mapes, kills Tuick, and then hits the generators. And by then, the Duke comes in and he shoots him with the little, little uh, drugged dart there, puts him out. Right. Bam. And that's where we are here. So, this is when Yui makes a bolt for it. He passes more bodies on his way out of the front entrance and glances at them, fearful one of them might be Paul or Jessica but they were all either Atreides troopers or they all wore Harkonnen uniforms. Mm. So the battle is raging. There are bodies everywhere at this point. Right. Harkonnen guards came alert, staring at him and emerged from the front entrance with a flame light night. The palms along the road had been fired to illuminate the house. Black smoke from the flammables used to ignite the trees poured upwards of the orange flames. Dude, they lit the trees, the the palm trees on fire. Yes, to, okay. yeah, for light. I was trying to get like clear on that because, like, those trees were this like massive representation of wealth because of the amount of water that they contained. So, like, for the natives watching this all happen to see those trees on fire is like the worst thing. It's like this massive spit in the face of like all like all we care about is power we don't care that we're wasting that much water you will obey us because we are violent and we are we disregard any kind of moral anything do you remember that remember in the dark knight the batman joker movement yes where the joker just burns all the money yes that's what it feels like. Oh. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Because um, 
Because we in the Jessica Yubi conversation, they look out over these same palm trees and they were talking about, you know, Jessica's looking at them and, and you is like, um, one palm tree has the water for five men. Right. So if there's 20 palm trees in the courtyard, that's worth 100 men living on Arrakis. And now they're burning. Now they're just burning them. Gosh. So it's like that that precious water. They just don't care. Right. They just want to see the whole world burn. And that image, I think, is so... And that's definitely the image for this chapter is those burning palm trees. Yeah. And it's just the Harkonnen's message to like, oh, it just sucks, man. It's just this like <laughs> nasty empire lifestyle, you know? Power and control through dominance oh. and violence. And that's why they're the bad guys. Right, right. <laughs> Very much bad guys. Um, so as he's walking by, someone says, it's the traitor. And another one says, the Baron will want to see you soon. Right? They're all like talking to him as he's making his way through the courtyard. And right. Yui thinks, I, I must get to the Thopter. I must put the Dougal signet ring where Paul will find it. And then fear struck him. If Idaho suspects me or grows impatient, if he doesn't wait and go exactly where I told him... Jessica and Paul will not be saved from the carnage. I'll be denied the smallest relief from my act. Okay. I didn't, when I read Idaho, I was like, wait, what? Idaho? Right. Was I supposed to feel that way or did I miss it? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, In my notes here, I said, I have a, like, highlighted for Yui's inner dialogue. What did he tell Idaho? Right. Is he trusted? (laughs) Like, Last time we knew Idaho was drunk, but that was like a couple days ago. Right. Like what happened to him? He wasn't, he just, Jessica just sent him to his, to his room. Right. Right. You're grounded, mister. But he didn't tell Howitt. You didn't tell Howitt. He told Idaho. Uh, Okay. So we still, I'm guessing, going to find out what Idaho has to do with Yes. Yes. Gosh. Okay. Okay. Put that one in your, in your notes way back. What's Idaho doing? Cause he's doing something right now. Cause he's right now as they're attacking, he's either like fighting people or he's doing something. Right. Right. (laughs) Okay. Right. So abruptly you, you, saw himself as a castaway in this place of destruction. Literally the city is burning. He spared nothing, even given the smallest pity. Idaho must not fail. And he continues walking, bumps into a guard. The guard says, stay out of the way, you. Yui thinks, even though they've profited from me, they still despise me. Yeah. And somebody was like, wait for the Baron, right, as as he's running past. Because, of course, no one can, you can't hide who Yui is, the traitor, diamond tattoo. Like, real easy. Right. He's like the most obvious person. And he probably runs funny too. <laughs> so like it's the guy's like really just stiff, like really stiff. <laughs> you eat, you run funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what's happening through all of this. I just, I just imagine just, you know, it's like a, 
when you're a freshman in high school and like the seniors just bullying you like that whole scene just continues through this whole thing. Yeah. What are you doing, weirdo? Freshman. <laughs> All right. So Yui made for the rear yard beneath the conservatory where the thopter waited. The crafter, the craft they had placed there to carry away Paul and his mother. A guard stood at the open rear door of the house, his attention focused on the lighted hall and the men banging through there, searching from room to room. So they're just, Harkonnen just literally going room from room, taking people. How confident are they? Yui hugged the shadows, working his way around the thopter, eased the door open on the side away from the guard. He felt under the front seat for the frem kit he had hid there, lifted up the flap, sipped Slipped a du the ducal signet. He felt the crinkle of the spice paper there, the note he had written. Pressed the ring into the paper. He removed his hand, resealed the pack softly, like sneakily as he possibly can, because there's a guy on the other end. Closes the top of the door and works his way back around the corner of the house towards the flaming trees. So now he's got to make his way back to the Baron. Now it's done. He thinks. Once more, he emerged into the light of the blazing palms. He pulls a cloak around him, stared at the flames. Soon I will know. Soon I will see the Baron, and I will know. And the Baron, he will encounter a small tooth. The tooth. Boom, 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 boom. The tooth. Oh my gosh. I feel like in this chapter we get a little bit more of um well though sorry, thus ends chapter twenty. Yes. Um I feel like in this chapter we really get to see uh more of Yui. Like he's not just a traitor, he's definitely got a bent. He wants to see like he's got plans within plans within plans. What's Idaho doing? You know he has to make this run across the courtyard to put the Dougal signet ring with the frem kit. Right. In the he, note. He's a trick. This is what I wish we could just hate Yui. Like um, the princess Irulan seems to hate Yui. Like history seems to hate Yui. But there is so much thought in his treachery. There's like, okay, I am betraying them for a purpose that is selfish and completely my own and kind of wacky, but I'm going to do everything, everything in order to get most of them to survive my betrayal. Right. Like there's, yeah, there's, it's like, this was inevitable. I think he sees what the Reverend mother sees, right? Like nothing yeah. for the father. Like, this was an impossible situation. You were going to die eventually. We might as well get the most out of it. Yeah. Man. Like, what, like, what does he tell Idaho? I want to, like, he, like, wakes up. This is the first thing he does right away, like, wakes up Idaho and says, by the way, I'm a traitor. I'm about to let all the shields down. If we want to save Paul and Jessica, this is what you need to do. That I'm going to go. I'm going to go drug Paul right now. Like, is that what happened? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I can only speculate. Um, because, okay, because in Piter's plan, they're waiting for the call. Right? So they need to call you. It's like, do it now. Right? Because 
they have the guild has to get all the ships there, all the like lighters to come down at that moment. So the timing needs to be perfect. They can't just be like waiting up there because right. then they would they would see them. Yeah, I don't know. But you know that this is this is our uh, the traitor and the attack on Eriki. Right. This is at, big stuff. Big stuff happening. Yeah, also. Um, something that I like is his realization of his new, it's the, ah, uh, the thing that Dion talks about, only Caleb knows who I'm talking about. The, uh, his, his, the condemnation here gives Yui a new identity. As the traitor. It gives him an identity um based on his trespass right mm-hmm. it's him he is no longer dr yui he is just the traitor yes right for all time and that's like the definition of condemnation you are now a traitor that is not what you've done it's who you are <laughs> and yeah he, his realization of that as he's like this is who i am forever now the traitor like did he not think about that before? <laughs> you know? I mean, in the next chapter, we're going to see whether it's going to pay off for him. Will yeah. he kill the Baron? Will we know the fate of Wana? Will Ooh. he join her? Wanda. All questions that will be answered in our next chapter. Yeah. So we just want to say thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your, if you want to email us, you can make sure you can hit us up on the emails. Reading Dune at gmail.com. I got a really nice email. Um, where is it? Do, 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 do. From Katie. Oh. She just wants to say she's a fellow YouTuber. Wanted to reach out. Said thank you. Love the podcast. She had a, she had a question about, so I'm just going to answer it here on the podcast. Um, why did Frank write his book to feel so medieval? If this world is technically like millions of years in the future, why are the why do the political powers feel so archaic? Mm. She also says every sentence in this book feels like it has some lure behind this. Yes, and uh, yes, and Frank did this deliberately. Um, He thought that the if humans were to expand beyond our own planet let alone our own solar system, the easiest way of governing people would be a feudal power, which is why medieval and what most human structured organizations were around, right? It's a hierarchical with a pyramid and somebody on top. And then all those people then meet together and you can kind of see how that works. So yeah, it's a feudal system as yeah, they don't have democracies here. Right. It's too big. Right. And I think it, it, um, I think it was a quote. Oh gosh, now I'm second guessing myself as to where I read this, but like, I think it was a quote from Dune where it's kind of like history is the greatest prophet type thing. That does sound Dune. You, uh, yeah, if one of our listeners, knows the quote please let us know and we'll talk about it in the next chapter but it's basically like history is like always repeating itself like these you can look to history to predict the future because people are 
very likely to go back and repeat the mis- the mistakes of uh, their forefathers and and I don't know something there. I mean, yeah. A reminder: Evan has not read any of these books. He's only read up to this chapter. Right. He has no idea what's coming, guys. I got and I'm so we are yeah. thankful. We're thankful that for you. I can't. I'm gonna spoil something if I keep okay. talking, Evan. I'm sorry. When I'll, I'll say a certain thing, and you'll like get this face on. Like I'm reading the future of the book. Okay. And I don't know what I'm saying. And you're kind of freaking me out every time you do it. Your yeah. prescience is just beyond the normal human capacity. You might be the Criswell cataract. Who knows? Dude, maybe. My D. <laughs> My D. All right. You can also find us on Twitter at, at Reading Dune. We'd yep. love to hear from you. Remember, thank you so much for reading Dune with us. We love it. And please remember, stay spicy, my friends. Yeah. Stay spicy.